It's Saturday, and that means it's time for another one of these podcasts. Once again, just a huge thanks to everyone that continues to tune in. It's greatly appreciated. I've been really enjoying making these. Uh, The podcast is just something fun I do on the side. They're not for monetary value or gain. It's it's honestly just a bit of fun that each week I record an episode, whether that be discussing aviation news, discussing what's been going on, um, or simply taking a look at something that is of significance in my life, whether that be getting back from the United Kingdom, whether that be, say, if I started a new job or if something happened. Obviously, this is not going to be for everyone, um, but to the people that do listen every single week, Thank you very much. I hope you have enjoyed being a part of the podcasts and the community. If you've listened to the podcast and then joined the Discord server, or maybe you've come across from YouTube and you frequently watch, I do very much appreciate it. With that being said, last week, if you listened to the podcast all the way to the end, um, I made mention of if you reviewed the podcast, I was going to give you like a bit of a shout out and read out your review because that's what I caught up on some reviews last episode and I wanted to do it first. Uh, just so people that have put their reviews down get their spot in the limelight, if you will. A big thanks to anyone that took the time to actually review the podcast. Like I said, on if you're listening on Spotify, I think you're only able to follow the podcast, but for the people that listen over on Apple Podcasts and potentially Google Podcasts, I think you can review it. These reviews, though, are coming from Apple Podcasts. And uh, I will say that their review system is crap. Like a load of garbage. That's the best way I can describe it. It is it is absolutely shocking. There's no way to actually see all the reviews from every single country. I have to go through every single country individually and see the reviews that have been put there, which is naturally quite difficult when you think of how many countries there are in the world. And um, I've got to try and go through each one and find any of the recent ones. So I tried to stick to the main countries. When I say main, main ones, pardon me, that's not saying that some are smaller, but naturally I do have... A number of countries where people do not listen from or people have not put reviews from. So obviously we're we're talking your United States, Canada, Germany, France, UK, Australia. Uh, We have a lot of other countries in there too. But I could only find two written reviews. So I do apologize if I have missed maybe your, I don't know, from a smaller country that I just didn't click on. I do apologize. Um, I will try and go through all the countries for next week if you do choose to write a review. But a big thanks to Neil. Um, he gave it five stars. He said, thanks, DJ. I just started listening to the podcast and have been watching the YouTube videos for a while. Welcome back, to, welcome back to Melbourne. Pardon me. Thank you very much, Neil, for the review. That was on August 29th. And then we had one on August 31st. Um, and then he said, Dan has had an informative YouTube channel for a while now, but recently started listening to his podcasts to the last few whilst frustrating and annoying uh, they've been very entertaining. That is something I um something I've definitely noticed is they probably were not uh, the best situations that I could have been in. But like we've said, even in the last podcast, when you do look back on situations, it's great to reflect. And well, I went through that experience, and at the end of the day, it's an experience. It pissed me off greatly, but I'm sure now looking back. It's that sort of thing of, well, I did it, and it is what it is. He goes on to say, learning the details of his attempts and eventual journey getting back to Oz from London was very interesting. Shocking to learn how his own country just washed their hands and abandoned their citizens. Yes. Um, Speaking of that, the caps are actually being reduced even further. New South Wales are reducing their international caps. Absolute nightmare. Uh, it's really made me view Australia in a different, in a very negative light, and I completely get that. I'm sort of the same. I hope his podcast remain entertaining now, though he's home. Well, I can only hope, but uh, you'll probably learn as I give you some updates on what's been going on in my life that, 
well, to say the least, it ain't exactly the most entertaining life I'm living right now. But hey, we make do. We try and make these podcasts still a place that's fun for you to listen and like be a part of. Um, but I cannot, I cannot say they'll be as, how do I put it? Not maybe controversial, but as full on as the ones where I was returning back from um, the UK or the ones where I was in the UK and doing stuff every week. Because just the matter of the fact is we're still in a stay-at-home order and the most exciting thing I did this week was go to the pet store to buy a couple of dog toys for the new family dog, which is a sausage dog for anyone listening. He's absolutely adorable, very cute. Anyone on the Discord server, you're able to join with the vanity URL discord.gg forward slash aviation. You'll be able to see some pictures of him in our pets channel. But the most exciting thing we did was head out there for like 10 minutes and we had to grab a couple of toys and like a lead and some um, medication. So that's the most exciting thing I can actually report to you and what happened in my week. Other than that, it's consisted of waking up, showering, going to the desk, which is where I'm uh, seated right now, and working for seven, eight hours and then relaxing. So yeah, it's not been it's not been amazing, but it is what it is. I know there's nothing we can do about it. The lockdown was extended. In fact, three days ago, we were meant to come out of lockdown, but that didn't happen, as you can probably imagine. With cases now still growing, I don't know when I'll be able to get out. Um, and, and yeah, so, uh, like I said, there's not too much to look forward to. I have desperately wanted to go, uh, to some of the stations in and around Melbourne to catch some of the trains. I do want to film the trains here while I'm here because the plan is to leave again, but I want to, I want to film some trains, especially if I want to cover Australian rail on the second channel, but we'll just have to wait and see what goes on with that. And when I'll even be able to, I've already made jokes to my family and my girlfriend that I most likely I will leave back to the UK to hopefully study and that's when we'll come out of lockdown in Melbourne. So I'll spend my entire time locked down here. That's just that's just my luck. But like if you heard me make mention of in the last podcast, Australia has plans to restart international travel this December. Uh, but cases are still rising, 1,400 in New South Wales. So look, we'll have to wait and see. The positive is I know vaccinations are going up very, very quickly. But with that being said, some of the precautions I've seen the country take, I'm not really confident but look, I'm going to cross my fingers. So once again, big thanks to anyone that took the time out of their day to review the podcast on whatever platform. It's really, really appreciated. Um, and obviously there are a couple of people that just gave five stars, so but didn't attach a written review. Unfortunately, I can't you know find out who did that. But if you did, thank you very, very much. So let's move on to the next stop point, and that is university applications. That is something that I covered. God, how many podcasts ago now? maybe one or two, or maybe last podcast. Honestly, I can't completely remember, but I've definitely at some point made mention of my intent to go and study. In fact, I already maybe mentioned it in this podcast. But yeah, so uni applications, the latest is that's going well. Um, My personal statement is done, but it's not done in a sense of I haven't proofread it, edited it, or structured paragraphs in the order I want. But the bulk of the writing is indeed done. So I'm very, very excited to send that off. Applications open on the 7th of September. So my application is pretty much done. I just need to sort the personal statement out and I have my reference sorted. But see, uh, if anyone is listening in the United Kingdom or is an international student that has gone into the UK, you may have heard of UCAS. So I'm doing it through UCAS, which I think is what everyone has to do it through. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, But the the reference area in UCAS is a bit confusing to me because I put in the information and didn't save the information. But I feel like I may have sent a form off to my reference that my teacher has to fill in because I, I got a teacher from my high school to do my referencing. Um, 
but I don't know. So it's sort of a waiting game. I'm not. I'm not really sure. They didn't really um, provide any information on that. And for people that are interested, it is sports journalism that I'm looking at doing. That's my number one course, but I'm also looking at regular journalism and media and communications. So they're, they're the things I, I desperately want to do sports journalism, but I have a couple of backups as well. So look, that's that's something I really, really want to do. Um, I love what I do. I love making content online, but I know it doesn't last forever. That's something that is very, very true. I mean, there's ways you can, but at the end of the day, it's a huge risk. Um, working YouTube's my full-time job so that's like the main source of income and at the end of the day I could wake up tomorrow and my channel will be deleted do you know what I mean there's always that risk of that happening and that's not something I want I've been very lucky and let's touch wood I don't wake up I have a habit of jinxing things so let's hope I don't wake up to it being deleted but my the point remains is that it's very risky that that can go straight away on top of that in the position I'm in if I'm sick for a month there's no paid leave. So a lot of people, um, as an example, will say, oh, you should take some time off. And it'd be like, that'd be great. But unfortunately, there is no paid leave. So um, it's that sort of thing of, you know, it's harder to do that if you're having a family and you've got to go and do something. Worst case scenario, something happens in the family. You're taking that time off, but you won't be paid. There's no real cover. There's there's nothing that really helps you for the future. It's very in the now. So I've always been looking at something for the future when YouTube starts to die out. Thankfully, it's not at the moment, but whenever it does, I do want sort of another avenue. And this is, and studying is my my next way of life. It also gets me back to the UK. So if people that love the transport videos, they'll be coming thick and fast. Hopefully lots more train spotting and train reports. I will finally, hopefully be able to actually do travel within Europe and do some trip reports, um, providing there's not COVID-20 or COVID-21 or something like that. Uh, So there's some of the plans there. I will update you in the next podcast if I've sent the application off. If not, I will just let you know whenever I send that off. But it should be a while until I get some sort of update regarding that. Speaking of the idea that everything can disappear within an instant, my Patreon got taken down. It got terminated how long ago? Six days ago. I'm aware there's probably some people listening to this that did not know this. Uh, especially those that were not in the Discord server and probably those that may be on were a patron of mine and didn't uh, really follow any of the social medias. Yeah, so it got terminated, or how long now? Like six days ago? Without any warning. There was no warnings to the account. It just got striked. It was just like, I got an email. I think it was like two lines long. Basically, the premise of it was, hi, We've terminated your account for suspicious activity and has been removed from the platform. And at first, my first thought was, what? Um, I was a bit confused, if I'm going to be completely honest, because if you do keep up to date with, you know, how on the online and internet works, and especially apps like Patreon, unfortunately, they're used quite a lot for not safe for work things. Those things are allowed up. So I was, I was pretty confused when my page got taken down and terminated, when at the end of the day, usually what I put up there is just early access, um early access like train spotting videos or sometimes early access podcasts that being said a lot of my patrons just like to support me they don't really interact with the q a's um so it's just a great place that people could support the channel a bit further so i was very very confused i tried reaching out to patreon um i tried i tried contacting them through the form that they said I got a response from someone named riley about four days ago he asked for a bunch of information and I have not got a response back. I sent a subsequent follow-up email and I've still heard nothing back. Will I get the account back? Probably not. Uh, will I ever understand properly why? No, 
because they got no explanation. I still don't have an explanation on why it was taken down. They just all they said was, "Oh yeah, suspicious." But I don't know why is it suspicious. <laughs> you know, have I made a transaction or has something happened to the account? But no, I haven't been informed on any of that. Uh, so that's that. That's completely gone. So let's hope that maybe comes back, or if not, it is what it is. Uh, what else has been going on? The next point of call is my office. So one of the things I didn't have in the UK was an office. In fact, it was a pretty crap setup, if I do say so myself. I was very fortunate to have a desk space in the UK, don't get me wrong. But for productivity, it was pretty bad because I ate, relaxed, worked. I did everything in the one spot. And um, while, of course, you could say, oh, that's very privileged and there's not people that... I'm very, very lucky that I had a spot to begin with. But if you know what I mean, when it comes to productivity, it was very hard to escape the work mindset when um, I was consistently... I would sit for eight hours doing my work and then it'd be like, oh, time to relax. And all of a sudden, I'm just exiting off. And that's something I, I do like about having a separate space. And that is something I have now back home in Australia. So I have like a, a good desk uh, and I feel very productive here. I feel like it's very easy to be productive in my in my office, which is just next to my bed, but it's like in a separate nook, if you will. Uh, people that have seen like the YouTube channel for years, you may you may remember I did a setup video for people that are on Twitter. You may have also seen the office tour room, but basically I've got a desk, chair, uh, monitor set up, and we have like a shelf full of pop vinyl figures because I like collect. I liked collecting them. I haven't bought one in a while, but I did like collecting them. And then we just have sort of a, a, a chest of drawers, if you will, and my YouTube plaque. It's pretty simple, but it works and it's very nice. As a lot of people have said, one of my, my chair is like a recliner, but it looks like a business class seat. So a lot of people like to make the joke that I've stolen a business class seat. I had that joke a lot. Um, but no, it's very nice and productive. I reinstalled some LED lights um, because they broke while I was away for like over two years. They broke. I'm not really shocked about that. So I reinstalled some LED lights, but there is something that's been missing from the setup that I've been trying to trying to get and acquire, but I don't know where it is. That is the boom microphone arm, which is something that clamps onto your desk and swings the microphone in front of you. Right now, my microphone is on a stand. Um, it works perfectly fine, but I really enjoyed the arm because my microphone is quite big. It's the short SM7B for anyone that wants to say look it up, and it gets it gets in the way quite badly, if I'm going to be completely honest. And um, often when I'm recording scripts, I can't actually see the like pages document I'm reading off. Uh, and especially now, half of my notes are covered and I've got to move them to the side. And then when I move it to the side, for some reason, my mouth moves and the microphone doesn't pick my voice up perfectly. So yeah, but this, I have a boom arm and I had it at my old setup. We took it with us, I took it with me to the UK, pardon me. And uh, it didn't clamp onto my desk because it wasn't really a desk. It was a dining table. So it was not made for that. My dad took the clamp home and the arm home and upon returning, I got no clue where it is and he doesn't know where it is either. So I don't know where it is. I've been trying to look for it and uh, I've looked in every single nook and cranny of my bedroom and I can can, can confirm to you it's, it's nowhere to be seen, which is frustrating. But look, I'm sure we'll find it. If not, well, who knows? But that's something I definitely, that's one of the last things I want to try to get back into the setup. Uh, what else? That's basically it for like personal updates. So I apologize for anyone that only came here for aviation. We're getting onto that now, but that's sort of something I always do. We start off with just random stuff. We get into aviation or the main bulk of the story. And, uh, yeah. Also fun fact, 
at the end of this podcast, there will be a Q&A. The Q&A is being thanks, or is thanks to the people in the Discord server who have been submitting their questions. This is once again being broadcasted live in the Discord server. So if you'd like to join and hear these as they happen and get a chance at, you know, having your questions in, do be sure to join that. Uh, usually, well, I have today as an example set up a thread where people can submit their questions. I will go into that. In fact, we have, I believe, like over 20 so far. And I'll I'll answer some of those to conclude the podcast. Now, though, aviation, because nothing's been happening, I thought I would cover some of the most talked about topics of the week or ones that maybe we could just get a little bit into if you haven't been watching the the videos, because I'm aware that there's probably some people listening to this that don't watch the YouTube content or haven't been able to keep up. So this is a great way to just have a, um, a couple of stories. So we've got Philippine Airlines, Jet 2, and then we have some A380 discussion. The A380 discussion isn't just centering around uh, one carrier. We have two, and uh, then just some discussion about appreciating aircraft while they're still around. I thought I'd begin with Philippine Airlines because that is the most recent and relevant story. In fact, only a couple of days ago... Um, it was reported, and I've just done the video on it. So basically, I'm going to use the palrecovery.com, which is a page that they have established on their website, which honestly provides a lot of information about what basically what the carrier is going through. I have seen many airlines go, well, I should say come and go, but especially a lot of airlines leave the industry or at least file for bankruptcy and return because, you know, chapter 11, I will get onto how it can help them, but file for bankruptcy, go into a restructuring and return. And I would have to say that the way Philippine Airlines have done this is quite nice. Um, oh, I do apologize. That's the video. Uh, they do have a video as well. They have a, how long, let's see, a 12-minute video, but let's get onto it. So it's palrecovery.com for anyone that may be listening. You're more than welcome to follow. Search up that website and follow along what I'm reading. Uh, Philippine Airlines Recovery Plan. Philippine Airlines is proud to continue flying during our restructuring process and looks forward to a stronger future. Very positive so far. Just below that, they have a 12-minute video. I'll admit I haven't watched all 12 minutes of it. I skimmed through it, and uh, it's quite informative. They have a lot of explanations about what's going on, what the future is going to hold, and it's very transparent from what I could see, which I think a lot of people will value in these sort of times, especially... Um, people from the country that, you know, rely on Philippine Airlines and will rely on them in the future. So, PAL's restructuring. There's just a couple of paragraphs. I'm going to read it off. It's the best way and we can just go into some discussion. I want to take a look at their fleet as well. So, on September 3, Philippine Airlines announced the voluntary decision to undergo financial restructuring under the US Chapter 11 bankruptcy process. This is a step, this step, pardon me, is part of a set of major agreements PAL has reached with substantially all of our stakeholders with one objective, to build a stronger Philippine airline so that we can serve our customers better and continue our mission as a full-service airline and the flag carrier of the Philippines. Chapter 11 is a globally recognized US legal process that many airlines have used to reinvent themselves into more successful companies. The restructuring will enable PAL to emerge with fresh capital. Now, the capital I had, I did make mention of that in a uh, video, and if I just go and have a look at that script I wrote, uh, I believe that figure is at around a bit over, it's around 500 to 600 million in equity. Uh, from major shareholders, and then on top of that, they'll have U.S. a U.S. part of me, 150 million of debt financing from the new investors. Although that will not be coming immediately to them, 
The 505 million will come eventually. The 105 million will come first. Basically, the carrier is aiming to cut US 2 billion in a lot of borrowings and so forth. And um, there'll be changes that I'll get onto with their fleet because that's a whole different part of this. So basically, they're going to say, we will continue to fly and serve our customers throughout this process. It is a business, it's business as usual for us. PAL continues to increase domestic and international flights as travel demand recovers with the easing of travel restrictions and we will roll out new products and services that help make flying safer and more convenient. After 80 years of flying the Philippine flag, we recognize that our nation will look up to PAL to sustain the links and connections that unite our island country and bring life to our communities and economy. Thank you for your support for PAL's recovery and renewal. Okay, now's not the time for my monitor to decide it wants to go to sleep. Sorry about that. So yeah, we have what what to know. You have information about cargo flights, which will be operating as normal. All current and future tickets and travel vouchers will be honoured. Passengers may browse, book and buy tickets from our website. Uh, of course, they will definitely see some sort of flight cancellations, and I know they've already been getting rid of uh, amounts of staff because that directly ties into their plans to reduce their fleet. They're looking at cutting 25% of their current fleet. I'm using planespotters.net, their fleet matrix at the moment. Um, I also have some Air Insights data available that I may cover in another episode. But uh, for this, we have 65 total aircraft, according to them. This is last updated on the 4th. But like every single airline, um, the 65 is not the most accurate representation because a lot of these are grounded. In fact, more than half of their current fleet are grounded. Some of these are located in, let's have a look, Alice Springs, while we have, in Australia that is, while we have others still located in Manila, and just a number of them are parked. To begin with the parked aircraft, we have A320-200s, we have A321-200s and A321-NEOs. In addition, we've got the A330s grounded, and we have the Boeing 777s grounded. There's a split, though, for those. Five are active, and five are parked, according to planespotters.net. So... Like I said, a lot of these aircraft are grounded and there will be, you know, some going. As I said, they're looking to get rid of 25%. So I just did a quick search into Google and that was saying around 16 aircraft will get removed. I've seen a lot of discussion that that could revolve around 777s and A350s. Um, we'll have to wait and see regarding that, what their plan is. But no doubt they'll come out a much smaller airline. I don't think they'll come back exactly the same. I don't think that would be feasible for them. And that's something we always see some sort of downsizing with this. In more coverage, away from Philippine Airlines, obviously, we wish them all the very best as a community. Um, Having seen them a lot at Melbourne Airport over the years and even at different destinations around the world like Los Angeles, I definitely would like to see them remain within the industry, especially as they're quite an old carrier being founded back in 1941. Yeah, so moving on, back to the UK, we have Jet2, who ordered 36 A321neos earlier in the week. They've continued on with what have been a very, very busy couple of weeks for aircraft orders. Now, we haven't had an order every single day, but I can quite quite confidently say each week there's been some type of order. Last week, we had Delta. This week, we had Jet2. The week before that, who do we have? Oh, I'm not sure, but definitely I feel like I've been discussing a lot of order news of late. But this one caught a lot of people by surprise, considering it is their first direct order with Airbus. Now, they do have the A321. I think it's like one or only a handful that they've operated in the past. These were on lease, though. They did not directly order these from Airbus. So 
As a lot of headlines have said, they've basically snubbed Boeing and gone for Airbus. Like I made mention of, there's 36 A321neos, but they do have the flexibility to extend on that order if they wish. They currently operate 82 737s and 757s. Obviously, the 757s are aging, and they're headquartered in Leeds. I thought I'd go on to make mention of what the Jet2.com executive chairman, Philip Meeson, said. He said the aircraft is, in our opinion, the most efficient and environmentally friendly aircraft in its class today. It will give our holiday customers a wonderfully comfortable and enjoyable experience as they travel with us for their well-deserved Jet2 holiday. Meanwhile, we had comments from the chief commercial officer of Airbus, and I I won't go over what he specifically said, but one of the general consensus I got from this is that They've they've taken a look at the A321 they had on lease, and that was quite beneficial to them, and it's it's made them move towards the A321 Neos. Um, quite a successful aircraft, the A320 Neo. They just make mention that they've had over 7,400 firm orders uh, for over 120 customers. So obviously a successful aircraft, but look, what did we expect? Not much different. I never expected the aircraft to necessarily do poorly. It's similar to the 737 MAX. Even though that's had its troubles, it still has an incredibly high rate of orders. How long have we been going now? 25 minutes? That's decent. I feel like we're making good time. Moving on to our final discussion, that's the A380. The biggest story, in my opinion, was definitely Emirates and their Airbus A380s. They announced via a press release that they'd be receiving their final A380 in November. This is being recorded on the 5th of September, but, you know, it's technically going out on Saturday for everywhere because we have the UK and Europe. I'm living in the future. So, yeah, uh, basically Emirates announced that they will be receiving three more A380s this year. The last unit is going to be joining up in November, like I made mention of. This is actually bringing forward the original delivery timetable from June 2022. Now, the Airbus A380 program has been, well, the past couple of years, how do we how do we best describe it? It's been It's been very up and down, I think. But I would say it's been mostly down since, what de- what month was it? Oh, there we go, February 2019. I'll always remember that because I was on my first ever solo holiday in London, uh, which was the main catalyst why I ended up moving there. And I remember sitting in my hotel room waking up to the news of this, and I made a video in the hotel room, and, and that, was, that sort of marked the end of the program. And since then, it's been trundling along. Obviously, we're not going to see any more orders, but slowly but surely, you'd see the post on Twitter being like, oh, the final this the final this has passed through assembly, the final A380 then eventually rolled out, and we're getting closer to, you know, the program being sort of no more. Uh, of course, we still have the ones that are flying, but definitely won't be a thing of, oh, you'll see more deliveries in the future. Um, all three new A380s will be delivered. We fitted out in the premium economy cabin, and of course, they're going to be having the aircraft fully upgraded. As you would expect, Emirates always has the highest of standards when it comes to inside the cabin with your private suites, showers, your bars, lounge, fully flat seats, and so forth. I've never flown Emirates, but you know I've heard good things, and if you take a look inside, you can definitely see there's a touch of class there. The deliveries, which are the final three, will bring the total A380 fleet to 118 in November. Six of those aircraft will be equipped in four classes, which includes premium economy. You'll have first, business, premium, and regular standard economy. Now, for Emirates and their Airbus A380s, Tim Clark has always remained pretty adamant that he wants to keep the A380s on. That's something that I don't really think we can say for many other airlines, maybe a handful, but, you know, they've always stood out since the beginning of the pandemic to me, being those ones that they wanted to get back as soon as possible. 
And they, to their credit, they have been getting the A380s back. They are re-establishing their network. In the press release, they do go on to say that they've already established, re-established, pardon me, a number of their routes, you know, to Paris, New York, Munich, Manchester, Los Angeles, London, Heathrow, Toronto, Vienna. And look, I could go on and on, and I'm sure, hopefully... Let's cross our fingers as more locations open up, they can begin sending these aircraft, you know, to Australia and, and more destinations and obviously tripling the services daily when demand sees fit. Um, and I just wanted to sort of take a look at the idea of appreciating the Airbus A380 and an aircraft that, well, how do I put it? Aircraft that are just not going to be around forever. I think, and look, maybe some people won't agree with me on this, but I, I definitely feel like a lot of people... Uh, don't appreciate aircraft enough while they're around and then we'll regret that. I see a lot of people that will um, speak negatively about aircraft, whether it be in YouTube comments, whether it be in forums. And, you know, I feel like everyone's definitely entitled to their own opinion. But um, and I, I certainly get a lot of questions of, do you like the A380? And, it's, and for me, at the end of the day, I'd like to say a lot of us are all aviation enthusiasts, um, some more so than others. And there are probably people listening to this that are not totally into aviation or maybe you now are by listening to these podcasts. Um, but the, the, the fact of the matter is quad engine jets in this capacity, for now at least, who's to say in 50 years it'll be, you know, it might be different, but they won't be around forever. And I think this pandemic has quite clearly shown that uh, at the tip of a finger, you know, click, click of a finger's pardon me, or a snap of the fingers as Thanos would do. Gotta love those Marvel references. <laughs> but, uh, they can disappear, you know, and airlines can just get rid. Lufthansa, Air France, Etihad looking to get rid of them, Qatar looking to get rid of them, um, airlines reducing their fleet. You know, this even can move out of the 747s, Qantas 747s, KLM 747s. Look, I could keep going on and on. British Airways 747s. These are just the namely ones. These are just the big name carriers. You know, we've had 757s retired. And I just, I'm always under that impression of, you know, you're an aviation enthusiast. Just appreciate the aircraft while they're still here. I don't think that's very hard to do, and I just feel like people, I think the people that talk down on aircraft so often and always have an issue with it, I feel like they're going to regret it when there comes a time where, you know, you won't, you'll see two A380s in the entire world and you ain't going to see it at your airport. You ain't going to see that, the, the double-decker plane, even the 747. You won't get to fly on a 747, or it may be very near-on impossible based on locations and your geographical position, but you didn't appreciate it while it was here. Um, so yeah, sometimes I just think, you know, take a step back, realize that we're aviation enthusiasts, Airbus or Boeing, you know, the plane still flies, the plane is still in the air. And I just think, yeah, but that's my opinion. Look, people probably won't agree with me and I would never ever voice that opinion in videos because I would get crucified for it. But that is my thoughts. I think there needs to be, I think just, we need to be a bit more appreciative of everything. You know, these are the final A380s. People dislike the A380 for many reasons, but just enjoy it while it's here because it won't be around forever. And in 30 years, you'll be looking back at those pictures of the A380 being like, Jesus, I took a picture of the A380. And you know what? You'll miss it. And I know people that will say that's not true, but trust me, it is, because I've seen aircraft that no longer fly, and there's aircraft I wish I had have seen. Do you know what I mean? Um, in fact, I already look back at special liveries. Do you know? Do you know how many times I've gone through my photos and been like, oh, as an example, I would go to the local airport when I was younger and be like, God, Okay, here's the perfect example, a United 747. That was always awesome to see, but I, I think that came in very frequently to Melbourne, and it was not really a big deal. It was just, it was like a regular thing. Well, newsflash, however many years later, the United 747 no longer flies. 
in fact, I looked at my um, a hard drive I had and I found a video of a United 747 flying over London Heathrow. Now, for most people, that was just a regular movement and maybe people didn't bat an eyelid. But, you know, now, now I look at that and I looked at that and I was like, oh, my God, I've seen I saw a United 747 and that that footage is precious to me just as a picture of a livery that I couldn't stand at the time. But now I'm like, well, that doesn't exist anymore. And I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to see it. Anyway, rant and vent over. You can make of what that what you will. But that's concluding the aviation section. What I wanted to do now was move on to um, the questions. <coughs> Pardon me. I have 23 messages. I won't go and do all the questions just because uh, there's too many. And I'll try and go through the ones that are the most interesting, if you will. So certain, not not like, oh, do you prefer Airbus and Boeing? Uh, the first one is from First Officer, who is an admin in our server. A big shout out to you. He says, how was your overall experience in the UK and what do you think you'll miss or find it changed after you came back to Australia? After you after you came back to Australia, pardon me. Obviously, with a couple of plans and the fact that you your creation you do every day will stay intact. Um, I think my overall experience in the UK was not how I wanted it to go, but it was still brilliant. I still loved it. Um, I didn't like it at the time at various points. I think we can all agree that lockdowns are not fun. I think we can all agree being cooped up inside is not fun either. Um, whether it be only being able to go to the shops once, it's not great. So there were definitely difficult periods, but looking back at the two plus years that I was there, I think I would not be the person I am. And that's going to sound so cliche. I'm so sorry to anyone that's now like, Oh, cause I know I'd be the same, but I definitely would not be who I am now without that experience to be able to go to the other side of the world by myself. I had never lived alone. I, I'm an only child, so I always had my parents with me to live alone, to have to cook for myself, clean for myself, handle bank information, rent an apartment by myself, communicate with property managers by myself is a huge thing. And for people that are unaware, I moved to London at 18 years of age and five months or six months. So 18, and six, 18 years, six months. I was very young. Um... A lot of people, everyone in my year level, say, was still living at home. And I was like, nah, I'm going overseas. So, so the stuff I've seen, navigating around a big city, these are all incredible, incredible things for me that I will take even here. Like the confidence I have now. I'm not a confident person. I'm really not. I'm, I'm very shy. I'm very insecure. I'm very sensitive. And I will obviously hold my hand up and admit that to the people that listen to the podcast. Um, but I'm very, I'm all, all those things. And something I didn't have when I was younger was any sort of confidence out in public. Uh, that's confidence in a sense of walking around and and almost faking it until you make it. The amount of times I was in London and didn't know where I was going, but it didn't look like I didn't know where I was going because I, ha- I was walking a certain way. I was walking with purpose. You know, these are all things you learn and these are all things that I threw myself into the deep end and I came out for the better. And I've experienced many, many amazing things. As for... Um, things I found that change coming back to Australia. Well, if you've listened to the podcast, you'll know how ridiculous I feel like Australia has been with the pandemic. And that's one of the first things. In fact, on my personal Instagram, I've, I shared a picture. There's a sporting event and I kid you not, there's a person in a hazmat suit wiping down goalposts. A person in a hazmat suit wiping down goalposts while 40,000 people go into the ground and sit next to each other. 
So <laughs> it's things like that where I've sort of come back and been like, Jesus. Uh, as an example, I go into like supermarkets and there's no social distancing, but everyone's paranoid when you go near them. And I feel like I said this to my dad many, many times. I feel like returning back to Australia, I've plummeted back into March of 2020 in the UK. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I've gone back to what it was 18 months ago, which is not a good thing because I was I wanted to get past that. I think everyone wants to get past that. So coming back here, it's like, well, uh, hang on, we're going backwards, not forwards. Uh, so that's probably one of the biggest things. And obviously I live with my parents, so I've lost all my independence. And that's something that is definitely taking some adjusting to. But because I work night shift, at the, as an example, I've only been up six hours and it's 4 a.m. So this is my work time now. So working on, I still work on UK, Canada time, UK, uh, US time for work. Um, thank you very much for your question. Uh... What do you think is the best advice, the best word of advice for someone coming back to Australia and why? If this is someone that, if you're asking, pardon me, uh, Galaxius365, I'm not sure if you're still in the podcast, but uh, if you're talking from a standpoint of someone that's looking to come back, great question, by the way. The best advice I could give is expect delays. Don't expect to come back when you want to come back and be prepared to spend a lot of money. I've already said that I've spent like $10,000 trying to get back and that's the truth. It's ridiculous. In fact, I just paid my hotel quarantine this week, $3,000. So just be prepared to spend a lot of money. It should have, it should be a lot, it should be a lot more straightforward. You should just be able to buy a flight back in in normal days, right? You'd be able to buy a flight back and you'd be good. But I've spent like nine times what I would usually spend to come back home or do that flight. Then, you know, so it's, it's just that sort of thing of definitely be aware that you'll spend a lot of money expect delays, make backup plans. If you can't get back to Australia, uh, make sure you look at options. As an example, if you are renting somewhere, whether this is the United Kingdom, whether this is the United States, whether this is Canada or Johannesburg, make sure that you inform your property manager or whatever it is, or your landlord of the situation. That is that is the most one of the most important things. If you make mention of the situation they will be more inclined to help you. The only reason I was able to... The only reason I didn't have anywhere to live... Or sorry, the only reason I did not not have anywhere to live, pardon me, was because I'd already explained what may have happened to my property manager and she was very, very kind and they let me stay. But that was only made possible because no one had taken the flat in time. You know, if someone had already taken the flat, I would have been in a hotel for two weeks. But I was very, very lucky in that sense. Just make mention of it and um, expect a lot of delays. Thank you very much for your question. Kangaroo, who uh, I believe was a Patreon person. I'm, I'm pretty sure, Manu, you're a Patreon, but I think, well, that's shut now, and I'm pretty sure that's stuffed up all the roles. Anyway, he says, do you think Qantas is overpriced for what it offers, <coughs> pardon me, on domestic travel, especially now that there's rest that literally offers the same service or similar, uh, that somewhat offers a similar service, pardon me, and how's, uh, how's the docky? He's so cute. The dog is very, very cute. In fact, he's got a habit of waking up during the night to go to the toilet because he's only like 10 weeks old. And uh, he knows that I'm working in my room and he goes crazy, jumping out of my dad's arms and he comes running into my bedroom, gives me so many kisses all over my face. And then my dad's like, we need to go back to sleep. And then he gets sad and then he has to go back. Uh, He doesn't like that. I saw him a little bit earlier 
but he was half asleep. So I'm sure when he'll go to the toilet in like 45 minutes, he'll want to come and say hello to me. Um, I think, look, I haven't flown Qantas domestically for God. Have I even flown Qantas domestically? That's a very good question because I don't think I have. I really don't think I've flown Qantas domestically. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. Wait, no, 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 never mind. I have. I flew Qantas from Melbourne to Sydney when I went on the Qantas 747 to Avalon. That was the one time I think I've flown them domestically. Look, personally, I'm not someone on an aircraft that is hard to please. I just want a comfortable seat and food that isn't going to kill me. That is all I want in simple terms. So I flew Jetstar and I thought they were fine. You know what I mean? And for a domestic flight, I don't need a lot. I feel like all I need is a seat. I never, you know, I'm not going to expect in-flight entertainment. Do you know what I mean? So personally, I would already say Qantas is overpriced and I would 100% go for the cheaper service on Rex. And at the end of the day, similar to what a lot of people, a lot of people criticize low-cost airlines, but hey, and I know Rex is not that low-cost compared to look like a one a one-pound flight, but you get what you, pardon me, you get what you pay for. Isn't that right? You get what you pay for. So personally for me, I um I do think Qantas is overpriced and I would always just go for the cheapest for domestic flights, I would just go for the cheapest flight. Whether that's Virgin Australia, pardon me, whether that's Jetstar, just the cheapest flight I would get on it. <laughs> so I think they're probably overpriced. But like I said, I haven't flown them, so I wouldn't be able to judge what their service is like. Um just going through the questions, going through uh Let's see. Uh, I'm just going through... Basically, the questions are in a thread in the Discord server for anyone that's curious, which is just what I'm going through at the moment. Uh, I'm trying to get the most interesting ones that I can expand on quite a lot. Someone said, do I like the A380? I've sort of already dove into that in an earlier discussion saying about just appreciate, you know what I mean, the aircraft while they are around... Um, opinions on Ryanair. I've never flown Ryanair. I've never really understood. I feel like, again, this is going to tie into the low-cost unit. It's They are a meme, but I don't find it funny. Personally, I've never found the Ryanair meme funny. I've never understood what's funny about it. I've thought it's cringe when people make jokes about it. Um, because I don't understand. Uh, at the end of the day, I see a lot of people complaining about the Ryanair service. But I had a look, and the Ryanair flights were like, how many pounds? Come on. <laughs> As someone coming from Australia, where you're looking at... I, okay, I paid £350 for a 50-minute flight. Now, that was baggage included, but it, I paid £350 for a 50-minute flight. I don't care if the, it's the hardest landing possible on a Ryanair plane. If that flight is £15 for the exact same distance, do you know what I mean? Um, I, I think people, in that sense, just maybe go a bit too overboard with the meme. Captain Rice says, what are your thoughts on Lufthansa bringing back their 747s? Amazing, but what else could I say? If I said anything, Captain Rye would most definitely be very annoyed with me. Now, if I just want to make mention, I don't know how many people are listening, but if you haven't seen Captain Rye's YouTube channel, please stop, stop listening to this and go and watch his YouTube channel. He also has a Discord server, a very good YouTube channel. For the amount of subscribers he has, I do definitely believe he deserves more. So definitely go and check it out. It's Captain Rye. He does flight simulators. That's something I don't do. So if you want to go and watch someone that does flight simulators, is relaxed, very, very chill, and very good to talk to, go to his streams. And I, I promise you, you will not regret it. 
uh, let me just go through how long we've we been going. We usually go for 40 minutes, 43 minutes. So I think I may do one more question and then we will conclude because I'd like to try and wrap it up at about 45 minutes. But I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. Um, someone said, uh, what other place country would I like to go to? I'd very much like to visit. That's the Black Nav, who is also a moderator in the server. Uh just as a PSA for our future Q&As, I love the questions where it's like, oh, where do you want to go and stuff like that. I feel like that's a great discussion that we can have um, because personally, I deal with aviation every day. It is nice to talk about other stuff in the community. So as for different places I'd like to go, would love to visit Canada. That's first on my list. Um, I'm going there the minute borders open. Other places, I would love to go to Switzerland. There's a couple of rail journeys I'd like to do through Switzerland just for the scenery. That looks absolutely beautiful. Definitely would love to visit Austria and a lot of destinations within Europe. I don't like Paris. I think I've already discussed this, that I think Paris is massively overrated, but I'm going to be a hypocrite and I want to go back to Paris, but I want to go and do photography in Paris. Hopefully I do not get attacked, but I would like to go and do photography of the architecture in Paris. That is something I desperately want to do. One day I'll get to Toulouse to do the Airbus tour, but that's not really hot on my list. Um, unless I'm going there for a reason, I have no. I don't want to like go out of my way to go to Toulouse. I'll do it when I do it. Um, what else? Uh, hmm. I'm just trying to think. Asia would be cool, but you know I have a peanut allergy and I don't. I'm not going to go there, so that's definitely not somewhere I want to go. Well, I want to go to Japan, but you know the risks for me going there are too uh, too too high and I think it would just be a very very big mistake on my part to go there when I can't understand anything and I may eat peanuts and go into anaphylactic shock so I think Japan looks cool to look at but uh definitely not somewhere I would go where else basically anywhere with a snow-capped mountain I love snow-capped mountains so if you can give me a wintry landscape oh Iceland somewhere else I want to go Norway all up there Helsinki you know what I mean? All these places, I'd love to go. Would one day want to go to Africa? I want to go on a proper African safari. That'd be very cool. What else? Um, hmm. Look, I could go on and on, but I feel like those are some of the main ones. Oh, and I want to go to New York. That's probably the only place in the United States I would like to go. I've been to LA and I didn't enjoy it by the planes. I think I only really want to go to New York. That's basically it. And only really the main parts. So hopefully... No, and sorry, pardon me. I want to go to the Cayman Islands. For a moment of, uh, of silence and sadness, I was actually going to the Cayman Islands. And then COVID hit. That was quite frustrating. I was going to go when I was in the UK because it was close and I just wanted to relax. But uh, that didn't go according to plan. So hopefully maybe when I go back to the UK, hopefully to study, I will be able to go and see these places because they're they're a lot easier to get to than australia you're looking at a five hour flight not a 27 hour flight Uh, so yeah thank you very much for the questions i will be archiving this thread which means i'll be going back to some of the questions for future podcasts so if your question was not answered it doesn't mean that i will not answer it ever i will just save some for the next time we do this whether that be and i I will say that there's probably going to be a lot more q a's because like I told you, I'm not allowed to leave the house. So I can't be like, hey guys, I went plane spotting today and this is what I did. Unless you want to hear, hey guys, I went to the kitchen. Hey guys, I walked five meters. <laughs> We're going to probably stick to the Q&As. 
But uh, that's going to conclude today's episode of the podcast. I personally really, really enjoyed... Um, I really enjoyed it. I've been loving making the podcasts of late. I don't... I don't specifically know what it is about the podcast, but I just really, really enjoy it. Uh, it's not like someone... It's not like a live stream where people are talking always directly back, but it's just a lot of fun. And yeah, hopefully you can tell by listening to these. Hopefully when you tune in every single week, you can tell that I do enjoy talking about various different things and hopefully it isn't just complete blabble because I'm obviously pretty concerned that it's going to be, you know, blabble. <laughs> Um, but yeah, next week I'm sure we'll talk about more aviation, more stuff maybe going on. Maybe we'll have the Patreon back. Maybe we won't. Still haven't got a response about that. And as always, big thanks to anyone that's been reviewing the podcast. Anyone that chooses to review the podcast between now and the next recording session, I will be more than happy to shout you out. Uh, yeah, like I said, go and check out Captain Rai's YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, take care. Thank you very, very much for listening. Enjoy your weekend, your week, your Monday. God forbid, enjoy your 2025. Whenever you are listening to this, just have a brilliant day. Thank you very much, and I will see you next time. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the DJ's Aviation Podcast. If you haven't already, feel free to follow my socials, being that of YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, all under the DJ's Aviation Branding. If you're interested in seeing my large collection of car, transport, aviation, and natural landscape photography, you can check me out on Flickr. Interested maybe in also joining a Discord community with thousands of members, you can do so with the vanity URL of discord.gg forward slash aviation. We'd certainly love to see you there. Until the next podcast, be safe and take care.